Golden State Warriors basketball. Shoots over Danny Green. Rainbow! Nothing but net! How did he do it? The fifth three-point shot of the night for Steph Curry. This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Curry to bring it up. Golden State can take the lead here. 32-31, Draymond Green, pass downstairs, Spates with a two-hand slam! Bo Spates flying down the baseline, and this game is tied at 80. Curry, backs up Hickson, step back in the dribble, Hickson stolen from Curry! Hickson's got a breakaway, goes in and gets fouled and jammed it down. He's got a chance for an and one, a shocking turn as J.J. Hickson stole the ball from Steph Curry. Well, the Golden State Warriors working from behind all night long, finally got a lead late in the contest, only to see the uh, Denver Nuggets finish the game on an 8-0 run and knock off Golden State 123-116. to Head coach Mark Jackson was not happy after the game, calling the defense as bad as it gets. So you know the message today at practice was to get back to playing a Golden State Warriors defense, that defense which has allowed them to make the playoffs last year and advance to the second round. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy, inviting you once again to take a seat around the roundtable. It's the Golden State Warriors roundtable, and coming up this hour on the show, we'll find out more about the trade that the Warriors made to bolster their bench, bringing Marshawn Brooks and Jamal Crawford from the Boston Celtics. We'll find out how Crawford will fit in with the Warriors and what kind of skills he'll bring to the table for head coach Mark Jackson. General Manager Bob Myers held a press conference yesterday to talk about the trade. We'll hear that press conference, as well as checking in on the D-League with a player who played for the Warriors in Summer League and was in training camp, and that's Cameron Jones, who's shooting the ball very well down in Santa Cruz. We'll continue to look at how the Warriors are helping the Bay Area. I'll answer some of your Twitter questions at Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. But before we get started, a quick reminder, you cannot miss the next bobblehead giveaway. It's the Wilt Chamberlain bobblehead night, and it takes place on Monday, February 10th, when the Warriors take on the Philadelphia 76ers, the franchise that replaced the Warriors when the Warriors left Philadelphia. The first to 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a limited edition bobblehead courtesy of Kia. Buy early and save at warriors.com slash bobblehead. Hope you're comfortable around the roundtable because as we continue, we'll find out more about the newest Golden State Warrior, Jordan Crawford, here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Lee wrestles away the rebound, leads a three-on-two, finds Bogut running the floor, and he throws it down with two hands. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio. Let's go down to the the NBA Development League, the Santa Cruz Warriors, and Cam Jones, who is with the Warriors in training camp and uh, during the summer league, and Cam, we wanted to check in, see how you're doing. First of all, give us a little rundown on how your season has gone and how the Santa Cruz Warriors are playing. Um, so far, I think the uh, season's gone uh, very well. We've been, we're first right now in our division and um, looking to play a game that's going to probably tie break or get us ahead. But, yeah, I've been playing well. James has been playing well, and uh, we have a good group of chemistry going on with the guys. Uh, it sucks we keep losing Dwayne Dedman. He keeps going up and down, but... We're trying to keep it steady, and uh, we're playing real well. Yeah, that's always the problem in, in the D-League is that you're, you're, you're one team one day. You could be an entirely different team the next day. But the, 
I would imagine there's a certain amount of camaraderie with you guys uh, along that line that everybody's rooting for the guy sitting next to you to get called up. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Uh, I mean, we're we're happy for Dwayne and even Seth that got that got called up. Uh, I mean, any of us could happen any any possible day, but we have to pretty much stick together. That's what our coach uh, Casey Hill tells us that uh, we are we're with each other and everybody else is against us. And if we're worried about call ups and stuff like that, I mean, in selfishness, the team is going to falter. But I mean, we're pretty much a tight knit group, and we understand that. Uh, the D League isn't forever. We want to make better places, whether it's NBA or overseas. So playing together and being together as a group is important. Now, Cam, just looking at the numbers, it seems like you're shooting the ball pretty well, 41% uh, outside the three-point line. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's something I've been working on all summer. In uh, training camp with the Warriors, that was pretty much what I was doing every day is shooting threes before and after practice, uh, basically to get comfortable with it. And uh, the numbers have shown uh, – I'm keep shooting them. I still got a lot of work to do, though, from from three being comfortable with it. But I'm glad the work's been playing off. So tell me about the with the Warriors in the summer league and and the training camp. What kind of things did you pick up on? What kind of things did you learn there? Um. Well, I learned that uh that that uh Steph Curry is really good. And I learned that, and I learned that uh pretty much the stuff I have to do to get to that level is, is pretty much practice a lot. And uh, just stay in my own course, really, uh, to keep doing the stuff I'm doing. I mean, the Warriors have probably the best guard tandems in the NBA, and uh, being able to be a part of that, playing against them, Clay, Harrison, everybody, Ken, Draymond, AI, it was, it was good for me. It kind of gave me confidence to move forward, knowing that, uh, knowing what I have to do to move forward and hopefully make it there someday. Did you pick up anything on, on shooting from either watching or interacting with Clay or Steph? Uh, well, I've known Clay for a while, and I know with his shooting, his his shot is the same exact shot every single time, and uh, Steph is pretty much the same. But I think that knowing that uh, being more consistent, just getting repetition of the same shot over and over again is probably going to help me be more consistent shooter. And uh, watching Clay, bearing threes, <clears throat> all the practice on me and everybody else, uh, it, it, knowing that what he does and seeing him is going to help me out. What's it like playing uh, in Santa Cruz? Um, I like it a lot. Uh, this is probably the best organization in D-League by far, I think. Um, teams want to come here and, and, and beat us down when they come here because they see how our gym looks, they see how our fans look. We have probably the best fans in the D-League, too. I mean, overall, um, between the coaches, players, management, everything, organization around us, it's, it's very fun to be here. You don't really feel like you're in a D-League when you play here. And, and uh, I would imagine you've had at least a little bit of a chance to get to explore the town a little bit. What's it like? Uh, the town is it's kind of interesting. You, you get a lot of, I don't know what the word, beach bums, I guess. I don't know what the word for it is. Uh, it's kind of a beach town. Uh, I'm from Long Beach, so it's, it's not too much different, but I like the town a lot. Right now it's, it's pretty warm, even though it's winter, but you can't really complain about that. So as you go along through this year, how do you stay motivated? How do you keep your eye on the goal and not get caught up in the day-to-day? Um, pretty much, uh, I mean, coming to practice every day and you're seeing a Santa Cruz Warriors on your shirt, I mean, you you wish it was Golden State Warriors. That's pretty much how I stay motivated is I know this isn't my final destination. And um, watching NBA games every day gets, keeps me motivated and uh, I want to be 
somewhere making more money and hopefully being the NBA soon. But probably just self motivated, knowing that uh, I got to training camp and I was there, kind of kind of helped me realize what I want to do. And I'm probably not going to stop until I make it there. You know, Cam, it's interesting, interesting to look at the the D League and and uh, and players in it because. There's one thing that's going on right now that didn't happen, say, 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I first got to the Warriors, and that is a lot of teams are looking to the D-League to bolster their rosters, and they're looking at the D-League as a tool as opposed to for just a place for guys to play. So I think you're, you're in a good spot at the right time because I think teams are constantly scouting the D-League, trying to find that diamond in the rough, and you could be that guy. Uh, yeah, you're definitely right about that. The the talent pool in the D League this year is, I think, better than it's ever been. Uh, there are a lot of good players. Um, players that get released aren't going overseas; they're going right to here, and it's helping our league out a lot. And um, the talent pool is, is is crazy. I mean, every night there's somebody that is a top prospect and was in the NBA or is on the brink of going to the NBA. So playing against players like that. It's, it's a blessing, and uh, playing so well against them is a blessing, too. And then on the side of uh, NBA teams trying to use the D-League, I think it's good because, like like you said, there's a lot of good players. And, uh, I mean, everyone, everybody wants to be noticed, and players are playing good. I mean, even the Warriors themselves, they're known to call up players. So it kind of gives us motivation to want to play better and do the best we can. Now, even Ray John Rondo of the Boston Celtics this week, they asked him, why is he going to Maine? He goes, isn't that what it's there for? Is for guys to come back and kind of get themselves ready to play in the NBA. So, hey, Cam, I appreciate your time. It's it's uh, great to hear about your success in Santa Cruz, and we hope to see you in an NBA uniform, maybe in a Golden State Warriors uniform. All right, thanks for having me. My thanks to Cam Jones of the Santa Cruz Warriors. I'm Tim Roy, reminding you that the Warriors in Cash Creek Casino Resort are teaming up to give away 25 prizes in 25 days. Today's prize is two tickets to see the Warriors take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Wilt Chamberlain bobblehead night, plus an invitation to the post-game press conference. Registration is free, but you must enter tonight at warriors.com slash 25 days, and you must be 21 years or older to enter. When we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, more on yesterday's trade, yesterday's press conference with jail manager Bob Myers on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Oh, jammed it over Duncan. <laughs> Elevation sensation for Harrison Barnes. Golden State Warriors basketball. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. We always like to keep you updated on what the Golden State Warriors are doing off the floor. And this year, in conjunction with the direct-to-consumer insurance company, eSurance, the Warriors launched a volunteer platform for this season titled We Give, where Warriors players and staff, along with season ticket holders and some additional fans, will team up to give, inspire, volunteer and educate at a variety of events focused to support organizations whose mission is to give back to the Bay Area. To launch the We Give platform, Warriors guard Clay Thompson worked side-by-side with team president and COO Rick Welts as they paid a visit to the San Francisco and Marin Food Banks last month to assist with their efforts to provide food to residents in San Francisco and Marin counties. It's just another example of how the Golden State Warriors are trying to make the Bay Area an even better place to live.
Oh, it's amazing. You know, um, this is my first time at the food bank. I didn't know it was on this big a scale. And it's, um, it's amazing to see. And uh, it's humbling, you know, to work with uh, insurance and just them to take time out of their day, just like we are. So this is great. And, uh, you know, I look forward to coming back. One of the, the great opportunities we have because of the visibility we have uh, in the whole Bay Area is to be able to really shine a light on the really important work the food bank are doing. And we get to do it with the best kind of partner, which insurance represents to us. Uh, guide, inspire, volunteer, and educate. Thank you. We were, this is a new initiative we're doing with insurance. Uh, if you don't know a lot about them, you probably know they take great care of their customers, but they're also great citizens of the entire Bay Area. They live here, they work here, and uh, really represent everything good. So we wish everyone a great holiday season. We're thankful that we have partners like insurance, thankful we have players like Clay to make this possible. But most of all, we're thankful for the work you do every day here at the San Francisco Food Golden State Warriors basketball. Splash another one. Steph Curry from distance, his seventh three-pointer of the game. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Warriors Bucks. Time now to answer your questions on Warriors Box. That's where you go to Twitter and send me your questions at Warriors V O X, and I'll try to answer as many as we can. Or you can send me an email at the Warriors team site, Timroy, T I M R O Y E, at Warriors.com. First one up is uh, Pinkoski2, who wants to know about the return of Warriors big men, Jermaine O'Neal and Festus Azili. Who better to ask that question? And to Warriors jail manager, Bob Myers. I think Jermaine's a little closer than Festus. I think Festus, the doctors originally told us after surgery, it was six to nine months recovery. I think nine months will be sometime in March. Uh, Jermaine is uh, probably closer, hopefully two or three weeks away, depending on how the wrist heals. But, um, you know, look, we think we'll get both of them back for the end of the season, and we're, we're happy to, to hope that they'll help us. I think they will. I mean, Jermaine has been great early on in the season. Festus was awesome last year. So we'll look forward to getting both those guys back. Well, we hope that answers your question about the return of the Warriors big men. It'll be great to see Festus Azili back on the floor for Golden State, and Jermaine O'Neal is on the way. Jordan Crawford to the free throw line. Teams are really paying a lot more attention to Jordan Crawford now, making it tougher for him. He'll take a deep three and hit it. <laughs> Typical once a night, Jordan Crawford takes one of those no Jordan, no Jordan, yes Jordan shots. <laughs> Last night, we had a chance on our press table feature to sit down with one of the great writers who covers the NBA, that's Scott Howard Cooper, and our conversation, quite naturally, was about the news of the day, and that was the trade the Golden State Warriors have made with Miami and with Boston. Scott, today the Golden State Warriors made a trade, a three-way deal with the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, so Joel Anthony and draft picks end up in Boston. Uh, Miami gets Tony Douglas. The Warriors get Jordan Crawford. And Marshawn Brooks, it seems like, just looking at it on the surface, Scott, that everybody kind of gets something they need in this trade. Well, I think that's ideally what teams look for coming in. You, you certainly would like to like to rook the other side maybe and, and get over on them a little bit. But uh, if everybody walks away with saying they got something they wanted, that's a good deal. And certainly the Warriors have to be feeling this way. It's a, it's a good day for them. I don't think it's the ideal solution because if they could have gotten a true point guard, that probably would have been a little bit more of a help, but it's a good day. I don't think that the perfect solution was out there. Uh, To say they gave up practically nothing and and still got one or maybe two players that will help them, 
Yeah, that's a good outcome. Scott, how do you see this trade deadline working out? Because you've got a lot of teams, mostly in the Western Conference, that are good. You've got a lot of teams, mostly in the Eastern Conference, that are bad. But even though you may be in the Eastern Conference and you're bad, you still could be a team that's in the playoff mix. How is that going to affect what happens? Are there going to be teams that think, you know what, we don't want to make it, we'll make it because we're there? How, how is this going to affect the trade deadline? I, I think that's a great point, Tom. I, I think as it gets closer to February 20th, there's going to be a few teams that are going to have to make some really hard decisions in terms of do you want to, do you want to be a team that's going to be 6 or 8 or 10 games under 500 and make the playoffs in the East? Or you're better off cashing out a little bit more this year and saying if we can get some picks out of it or some young players, I think those are going to be some really interesting calls in some front offices. But the one thing that I don't think that we should overlook is one of the, one of the motivating factors for teams uh, is not just making the playoffs to say it's good, it's a winning situation, etc. blah, 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 blah. The playoffs are when owners make their money. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of situations that an owner might say, this may not be a great situation, and we may be eight games under 500. but we're in the number seven or the number eight team. That's where there's going to be a lot of money coming in. And as you know, that's, a, that's obviously an important thing. Scott, when you, when you evaluate the Warriors right now and you look at the, the, the fact that they did have the lowest scoring bench in the league, uh, this is a trade that they probably, at some point, they had to address this. And, and will Jordan Crawford be the kind of guy you think that will help the Warriors get, and make the, this team a more balanced team and, as, as importantly, uh, get minutes off for their guard line? Oh, there's no question. This, this makes them better. Uh, Golden State is better today than it was yesterday. And as we said before, to do it gave up practically nothing. So uh, it's a very positive outcome. I, I think that Jordan Crawford, possibly Marshawn Brooks, but certainly Jordan Crawford, is going to give them some scoring off the bench. Uh, that is an area of need. Uh, Bob Myers made some interesting points that this is a team that struggles uh, struggles mightily from the line, and Jordan Crawford's a good free-throw shooter. So he's a guy who not only will give you a boost, but if you're in a, in a close game in the final seconds, he's somebody that you can rely on and put in there. And another important thing to keep in mind is the Warriors still have a lot of flexibility moving forward. They still have a trade exception worth about $11 million. They have another exception worth about $4 million. They're $2.2 million under the luxury tax line, and they still have a few weeks to go before the trade deadline. So I think there's a, there's a lot of positives moving forward. They make this trade to get better, and they still have room. They still have a lot of flexibility in the next few weeks ahead. The one thing I, I'm sure they would have liked to have addressed was having someone come off the bench that could run a second unit, a guy that could get other guys' shots, kind of a playmaker. He gives them that offensive punch. Uh, what does he give them in terms of running a unit, uh, getting guys into what they're getting into, and if need be, creating offense for somebody else? He gives them a little bit of that, but that's not his strong suit. He's, he's a scoring guard, a combo guard. Uh, he played the point this year for the Celtics because of the Rashawn Rondo injury, and he did get a little bit better in that regard. His assists were up. Uh, he he was he did get a lot of experience at getting uh, getting guys into the offense, so that does help. But realistically, that's not what his game is. He'll play behind Steph and he'll help out the backup duties with Andre Iguodala there. But he's certainly not a true point guard. He's not a distributor that that's going to be great at getting other people involved. 
But in talking to Mark Jackson tonight and in Bob, uh, talking to Bob Myers, they feel very strongly that while that's not his area of strength, that he will do it well enough. He, he will be able to handle minutes at backup point guard. Well, Scott Howard Cooper is a great distributor among NBA scribes, <laughs> and we appreciate your time as always at NBA.com. Make sure you check him out because uh, his stuff is always right on the mark. Scott, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Chang wants to know about the trade yesterday. Do you think the Crawford trade means it looking more likely for Clay or Harrison to be traded? And I would say absolutely not. Uh, this trade was all about bolstering the Warriors bench and to give them someone who can score coming off the bench. The Warriors have the lowest scoring bench in the league, and that had to be rectified if they're going to be a serious contender in the Western Conference. So Jordan Crawford will fill two needs for the Golden State Warriors. One, he's going to give them some pop coming off the bench, a guy that can score. And two, as he showed earlier this year, while playing point guard for Boston for the injured Rajon Rondo, he showed he has some playmaking abilities. This is going to get Steph Curry off the floor for more rest. It's going to make Steph a more efficient player because you need to cut down the minutes for the starters uh, to keep them fresh for the end of the year. So hopefully, with Harrison Barnes bouncing back a little bit last night, a very good game for Harrison, now the addition of Jordan Crawford, the Warriors' big men on the way back, when all those things start to coalesce, uh, then I think you're going to see what this Golden State Warriors team is going to look like. And don't forget, with the uh, trading deadline looming in the near future, General Manager Bob Myers has said that he won't hesitate to pull the trigger on a deal if it's going to make the team better and improve the roster. Well, we thank you for all the questions that you have brought to us via Warriors Vox on Twitter. That's Warriors VOX on Twitter. I try to answer as many questions as we can, both here on the weekly show and during our game podcast. I'm Tim Roy, reminding you that the Warriors and Cash Creek Casino Resort are teaming up to give away 25 prizes in 25 days. Today's prize is two tickets to see the Warriors take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Wilt Chamberlain Bobblehead Night, plus an invitation to the post-game press conference. Registration is free, but you must enter tonight at warriors.com slash 25 days and... You must be 21 years or older to enter. When we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, more on yesterday's trade, yesterday's press conference with jail manager Bob Myers is next up on the Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Left side, Bogut, touch pass to David Lee. Two-hand, rim-racker for Lee. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, the Golden State Warriors made a trade yesterday, sending Tony Douglas to the Miami Heat. Joel Anthony, a protected first-round pick and a second-round pick, go from Miami to Boston. And then Jordan Crawford, along with Marshawn Brooks, come from Boston to Golden State. The Warriors hope to have both in uniform tomorrow night here in Oklahoma City, where the Warriors will take on the Thunder. Well, yesterday before the game with Denver, General Manager Bob Myers held a press conference to discuss the different aspects of this trade. These things are always much more complex and complicated than maybe is perceived. They were, most of the things you discuss extensively don't happen. Um, this was posed by through Boston initially, and, um, and we were obviously in the market to upgrade the bench. Clearly, we've struggled in that category, and um, we're looking to upgrade. We looked at a lot of different things. And uh, obviously we have to weigh the cost of doing a deal 
Um, we, we looked at some players. Uh, we ideally wanted to preserve any future assets. We were already somewhat diminished in the pick category, and we wanted to not move any of our young players on rookie deals that we really like. So uh, it kind of made uh, a lot of our conversations difficult. But we found a partner in the Celtics and the Heat where the deal we feel like worked for everybody. A lot of times three-way deals, sometimes you can meet the needs of, of teams. I don't think if there was three teams, the deal would have gotten consummated. Um, so it was, you know, it was a week or two of discussions, and anytime you add a third team, it does sometimes allow you to do a deal, but also it creates a lot of possibilities for a deal to fall through because this is another party involved in the conversation. But fortunately, um, the good thing is, is when you talk to somebody like Danny Ainge, and, and he was the one speaking to the Miami people, when you're working with organizations like that, you can trust what they're telling you. So we didn't feel like we were chasing our tail. We felt like this had a real chance of happening. And fortunately for us, it did, and, and we like it. We'll miss Tony. Uh, he was good for us. Uh, unfortunately, in, in the ball-handling role, whether it was on us or him, it just didn't flourish, didn't, didn't, didn't work out like we hoped it would. And we hope we got a couple players that can help the bench unit and increase scoring and, and help us in that capacity. No. I said, uh, Danny, Danny, I don't know if he texted me one day or said to me, he said, you know, you owe me, brother. And I said, man, you already got me the job. He's the one that introduced me to Joe. So I can't really owe him any more than that. But um, it's, yeah, you know what? You work with people like anything in life. You know, relationships matter. I don't know that that's the reason a deal got done, but like I said previously, when you're working with quality organizations, you can trust what they tell you. Having personal relationships is is good, but deals don't work unless they work for the organization. And we felt like this worked for us. Obviously, Boston felt like it worked for them, as did Miami. Everything got every everybody got something out of it that they liked. Talk about what you like about Jordan. We like the fact that he's a ball handling guard. He creates his own shot. Great free throw shooter. That's another category we're we're, we're pretty beat up in. I think 24th or 5th in the league in free throw shooting. Um, we like the fact that he showed he could distribute the ball this year in a more point guard primary role. Uh, not afraid of the moment. Takes big shots, makes big shots. If we were at our game, our previous game, he, he hurt us. Um, he's dangerous is the word I like to use for a player like that. And, and when you're facing players, you're so paranoid a lot of times as the GM when you play against certain teams and certain players because you know they can hurt you. And playing against a guy like him, he can score 10 points in bunches, and that's, that's a factor that we were missing coming off the bench that we think we've been able to add uh, in a player like Jordan. We're worried all the time. <laughs> we're always trying to get better. I'm never not worried. I'll be worried tonight and be worried tomorrow. Um, that's what we do. We're always trying to get better. But we did feel specifically to your question about the backup point guard, Scott. We, we did need to address it. Um, we felt like with Netovich, Bazemore, and Douglas, somebody would step into that role, and for a variety of reasons, uh, didn't happen or hasn't happened yet, and we felt like we needed to make a move. Uh, but we didn't, we didn't make a move, I think, in a rash type of way. We waited and, and were patient with it and actually would have waited longer to see if something developed. This happened to develop when it did. Both teams were ready to make a move, and um, we felt like it was worth, worth making a move for us. Bob, you mentioned that you don't, didn't want to deal any young players on rookie deals, didn't want to get more picks. Does that mean that what you have here is what you're planning to take in April? No, I mean, I would say we're always open to any conversation, but in, in, in the position of a backup point guard, it's important. It is very important, but we also feel like heading into, 
into the end of the season or possible playoffs, Iguodala can fill that role in a lot of ways. But you don't want him filling that role and playing 42 minutes a night in the regular season if you can avoid it. So uh, to have a cushion a little bit in the point guard position was important for us. But as we move forward and uh, hopefully head into the postseason, uh, we wanted to bolster the bench, increase our depth. Uh, but in, in the way of what are we going to do next, um, hopefully this works for us. This gives us two, three weeks before the trading deadline to evaluate it. Usually you make moves right up to the deadline, and then you, that's it. You've got no more moves to make. Uh, now we have two, three weeks, I think 14 or 15 games to look and see how this works. But at some point you want to take a step back and give things time to uh, digest, give things time to work before you jump to conclusions and make moves. You don't want to be making moves all the time. Why well, Brooks was part of this deal, and what do you, what do you think? He was good. He's been good. You know, a lot of times players do well in certain situations and not in others, depending on opportunity, depending on system, depending on fit. Um, we think he's a talented player. He's shown he can play in the NBA. Another guy that can create his own shot. At one point was, uh, was I believe, starting for Brooklyn and New Jersey, and uh, – Again, a little bit of punch off the bench, and it'll it's it, it's it's a player that's on last year's deal. Gives us a good chance to evaluate him and uh, see what he can do for us. And our coach is very fair in giving players opportunities. We've seen a, pretty much every player on our team on this roster get an opportunity from top to bottom when they've been healthy. So if he gets an opportunity and embraces it and does well, I think he'll see some minutes. Do you feel like you've uh, come a long way toward answering the void left by Jared Jack leaving uh, as far as offense off the bench? You know, I don't know that – I think the idea when we went into the offseason was to certainly evaluate whether to re-sign Jared Jack or not. The Iguodala thing came up, and we pounced on that, which I believe gave us what we thought was a little bit bigger, better version of, of Jared Jack. So I think I listened a little bit of what Coach Jackson said, what Mark said, and he, he addressed it in the way of we don't need to replace Jared Jack because I'm not sure Jared Jack on this team, as it's consummated, would – have the minutes or opportunity that he got last year. So that being said, I'd love to have Jared Jack on the team. I mean, he's a good player. It would work. But obviously you have to look at the financial implications of having a player like that, and he signed a great deal, and we're very happy for him. But we felt like we needed a player to spell Steph Curry a little bit. His minutes were were high. And not only his minutes, but the mental part of knowing when you check out, you're probably heading back in. Um, And now we feel like, at least in Crawford, our hope is, and and also potentially Brooks, that the bench cannot – just hold leads, but potentially increase leads. That would be the ideal scenario. Yeah, we're about a little two two million and change still under. Um, but I will say that there's no mandate from Joe or ownership to to stay out of the tax at all costs. If if a deal presents itself that we feel like moves the needle in a significant way, we'll go into the tax. Um, but uh, again, you don't do that. You're 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 smart about going into the tax. It's it's a real thing, not just financially, which. A lot of people view it's only financial a punitive measure. It's also system uh, system limitations that are created by going into the tax. You had said you, had, you wanted to wait and evaluate the roster before you, before you made any moves. Given where this team's at now, about halfway through the season, how do you feel about this roster? You know, look, I mean, you, you can evaluate the roster in a lot of different ways. Um, the bench, we felt like, statistically needed work. Obviously, the eye test... We felt like it needed an upgrade talent-wise, and we, we think we did that. You know, you never know how these things play out, but that was the hope with this deal. Uh, the starting unit, when when you evaluate it, I think it's off the charts as far as, I think, points per 100 possessions, best in the NBA. I think when we're healthy, like, I don't know if it's 20 and 3. You guys probably know more than me, but it's 20 and 4. I guess if I had a problem with that, I'd be a perfectionist. I mean, that, that that's pretty good. Uh, we've got a long way to go. We, we still have to uh, – and we've got a lot of tough games coming up, and um, 
you know, it's we learn something every night by watching the team. It's, it's still a group of guys that haven't played that many games together. So we'll see how cohesive it can become, and hopefully it'll improve as, as the season goes on. I feel like this roster has, has enough to be among contenders for a championship. You know, I, I think in answer to that question, Antonio, until you've actually seen success in the playoffs with your roster, it's hard to predict what success may or may not come. We've seen success in the regular season up to this point with that roster, with the roster as constructed. Playoffs are a different brand of basketball. Um, you know, it's, you can speculate on what will work and what won't, but until you actually see it on the floor, it's hard to really know how well it will work. We believe it has a chance of working. Uh, it's, it's, it's similar in some ways to what we did last year, but remember, last year David Lee was out, Noah Gadala, Jared Jack. I mean, there's a lot of uh, parts that, that are going to be different uh, if we make playoffs this year and, and, and hope to, to move on. So we think so. Obviously, we wouldn't put the roster together if we thought it wasn't any good. But you don't know. You don't really know the answer to that. I think certain teams that have been there before, like the Heat and the Spurs and teams that are bringing back the same core, of course they know those rosters work. Um, we're still figuring that out. You said that the Boston kind of kicked off this thing. I mean, did you expect to make a deal this quickly? I mean, the well, you know, when I say Boston kicked it off, I think the, the whether it's through media or my own and our front office efforts, people were aware that we were looking at bolstering that position. Um, and, and, and you have many conversations. So I'm not sure if... I broached the idea of Jordan Crawford first, or or, um, or, or Danny did, but um, I think you know it was a situation where, like I said, you have to have a team that's looking to do something on their own end. But without the Miami piece, the deal doesn't happen really, um, because Boston wanted to get assets, future assets, out of out of the move, which they did, um, but it didn't work in a straight up capacity. That's why that's why it required it, and I wasn't aware. Of it. I mean. Because Boston was driving the deal from that side, um, really wasn't aware of that piece until kind of the very end. That's kind of how it works. But for what I knew, what we were giving up and we were getting, I said we're in. Well, how wary were you of the fact that Jordan's been traded multiple times in his early career um, in terms of why that would happen and what you you know, it's interesting, Monty. I listened to what Mark said. I thought it was pretty good. I wish you could just take what he said about that. Um, he said it better than I can. But we believe that uh, we built a locker room and an organization that if there are issues, and we believe there aren't, we've done some of our homework, you can withstand them. Um, you put a good person in a good environment or you put a person that struggled in a good environment. Usually the environment will um, – do more positive for that person. But we don't have any issues with Jordan Crawford. I remember when we brought in a guy we were playing tonight, Nate Robinson, and people said, oh, he's difficult. And he was fantastic uh, for us in the locker room, on the court. So sometimes you have to be careful how you read into whether a player's been traded or how many teams he's been on. Sometimes it's hard to just find the right fit. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to have him. We think he's a talented player. And, uh, you know, you hope Danny's telling me the truth. I asked that question to the GM. I said, look, is this a good guy? He said, yeah. He said, you know, he said he gets after it. You know, he's a competitive player. And, and, and a lot of times in life, the competitive people are the ones that kind of irk you a little bit. But you want those people on your side. So we, we feel like we need a little bit of that and happy that he brings it. Having made this, uh, this deal, are there any other areas you would like to see the team improve, either externally from making another move or yeah, I mean, we think if you look at what we do well, I think the starting unit has done well statistically. Um, I think also just by observation, it looks like it's done well. Um, Bench-wise, hasn't been as good. 
trying to figure out what the best lineups are there. So if you look at bench production, it's at the lower end or almost last in the league. You look at free throw shooting. How do you correct that? Well, at least Crawford's an 85 86% free throw shooter, so that helps in that capacity. You look at turnovers, another category which are almost last or dead to last in. So you look at all those areas, and you have to view it as, is this a talent issue? Is this just an organic issue that we can grow and fix? And a lot of those things we feel like we can fix internally and don't have to go out and get another player that doesn't turn the ball over enough or another good free throw shooter. If we have to get one like Crawford, we go after it and get one. We didn't do it specifically for that component of his game. But there's a, those are the areas I think we're weakest in, um, and we'll constantly be looking to improve them. But we're constantly looking to improve in, in every area. It doesn't end, you know, honestly, it's, it's a crazy way to view it. But after this deal, it, it doesn't change our mentality. Nobody's sitting back and saying, well, we're done now. And we did our job, and let's see what happens. I mean, if something came up tonight, we'd do it if it was good. That's how you have to be because um, it's a competitive league, and everybody's trying to get better. There may be a deal tomorrow for one of the competitors in Western Conference to make them better. Uh, we felt like we had to get better, and we had a chance to do it, and we hope that this accomplished that. Well, Warrior fans, only five days of NBA All-Star balloting remain. Help Stephen Curry start the 2014 NBA All-Star game in New Orleans. Go to warriors.com slash dub the vote to find out how to vote every day in every way for Steph Curry and each of the six Warriors on the ballot. Vote tonight at warriors.com slash dub the vote. Golden State Warriors basketball. Draymond goes to work with three, with two, runner, right-hand flip on the rim, and down! Draymond Green! We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Time now for the upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. The Warriors will be facing three of the more spectacular young players in the association over the next three games, starting right here in Oklahoma City tomorrow night, 6 o'clock the airtime, when the Warriors take on Kevin Durant and the Thunder. Kevin Durant all the way down Main Street in Istanbul. Wow! What do you practice against that one, Rick, if your friend Obachi <laughs> get back in the huddle and told their coach, Coach, we haven't seen something like that in practice. They don't have that on the scout team, do they? Oh, my. Warriors and Thunder tomorrow night, 6 o'clock your start time here on CanBR. 680, the sports leader, the back-to-back. The Warriors go to New Orleans. They take out the very talented Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans. Everybody's still buzzing about the duck, and there's an alley-oop. Holiday to Davis, they do it again. And a timeout called by Mike D'Antoni. The Lakers need to talk. Warriors and Pelicans, 4.30 your airtime on Saturday here on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Then back home to Oracle. And who's waiting for him there? The Indiana Pacers and rising star Paul George. Stevenson ahead to George. Two-hand slam. I don't know how the Pacers can play any better than this. Warriors and the Pacers, 7 o'clock the airtime on Monday on KBR 680, the sports leader. I, Tim Roy, thanking all of our guests, the producer who never says goodbye, R.C. Davis, Dave Fieldhouse at the controls of KBR 680. We're awaiting your call right now at 808-KBR is the talented Ray Woodson. I, Tim Roy, saying good night from Oklahoma City. Warriors and the Thunder tomorrow night at 6, right here on KBR 680, the sports leader. Golden State Warriors basketball. Stolen by Iguodala, right to Clay Thompson, back to Iguodala. One dribble goes to the rim, and he scores with the right hand. For tickets, go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP.